Turn with me tonight in your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 3. We're going to read from the verse 6. Jeremiah chapter 3 and the verse 6. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 3 verse 6. The Lord said also unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? She has gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree, and there hath played the harlot. And I said, After she had done all these things, Turn now unto me. But she returned not. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw, when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the hearted also. And it came to pass, through the lightness of her whoredoms, that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. And yet for all this her treacherous sister Judah hath not turned unto me with her whole heart, but fiendly saith the Lord. And the Lord said unto me, The backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return thy backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. Only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and has scattered thine ways to the strangers under every green tree. And ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. And I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it shall come to pass when ye be multiplied and increased in the land in those days, saith the Lord. They shall say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Neither shall it come to mind. Neither shall they remember it. Neither shall they visit it. Neither shall that be done any more. And at that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. And all nations shall be gathered unto it to the name of the Lord to Jerusalem, neither shall they walk any more after the imagination of their evil heart. In those days the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of the land of the north, 
to the land that I have given for an inheritance unto your fathers. But I said, How shall I put thee among the children and give thee a pleasant land, a goodly heritage of the host of nations? And I said, Thou shalt call me my father and shalt not turn away from me. Amen. Will the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now, my text tonight is taken from Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 14. And it reads, Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. Now, my theme this evening is entitled, God's blessedness for backsliders. In Jeremiah 3, verse 14, we discover something of the wonderful, tender love that God has to backsliding children. And as I thought of this text of Scripture, it was in the mind through the week, I would rather preach on something else, but this kept coming back. There were three things that came to me from this text of Scripture. And as usual, I write them down in a little bit of paper and put it in my pocket and carry it about and pray over it and think about it. And um, the three things, the first one is this. The recklessness meant that is established. Notice this word backsliding. You see, when Jeremiah commenced his faithful ministry in the land of Judah, there was no good reason for Judah's departure from and backsliding in their relationship to the Lord. Notice in the reading, God told them to talk about treacherous Judah. Judah was the sister to the ten tribes in the land of Israel. Remember, the land was divided into two now, two tribes in Judah and ten in Israel. Israel had already backslid and gone into um, a deep spiritual decline. There's no good reason for Judah to follow suit. God asked the question to the children of Israel why have you turned your back from me? If you look at chapter 2, for example, in verse 5, Thus saith the Lord, What iniquity have your fathers found in me, that they are gone from me, and have walked after vanity, and become vain? You see, the Lord himself is asking a very probing question. What have your fathers found in me? In other words, what sin have I done unto you that you treat me in such a way? What fault have I been guilty of? Where have I failed you that, that you've gone away from me, that you've turned your back on me? See, see, they, they had forsaken the Lord. They had forgotten the Lord. They had failed the Lord. For what? And if you look at verse 2, it, it says... And have walked after vanity. The word vanity means emptiness. And are become vain. That is, they're puffed up with their own pride. They're full of sin and full of self. They're doing that which is right in their own eyes. And yet the amazing thing is this, that God had blessed the children of Israel 
beyond measure. The Lord had been good to them. He had been kind and benevolent. Uh, No good thing did he withhold from them. He was their covenant-keeping God. He had directed their every step from they left Egypt. He had provided for their every need. As I've said, he was kind and benevolent as a heavenly father to them. And they had no good reason to turn away from him. They'd become sadly guilty of spiritual adultery. But their behavior was completely unreasonable. Not only think of their plight, but think of the period of unfaithfulness toward the Lord. Look at chapter 2 and verse 32. And we read there. Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Notice that, days without number. This was not a short time departure. This was not just a temporary 24-hour lapse. This was prolonged and protracted departure from the Lord. This was evidence of a deep spiritual decline from the Lord. And this backsliding that they were engaging in was was not good for the spiritual well-being of the people. Judah had suffered as a result of this backsliding. They had lost out with the Lord. They had lost the Lord's presence. They were, he was, no longer were they aware of his presence with them. They had lost the Lord's power. There was a, a spiritual powerlessness. They had no, no desire for spiritual things when it comes to worship, when it comes to the word, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to witness, uh, when it comes to working for the Lord. They had lost their spiritual zeal. They had lost the Lord's peace. They were now fretful. They were fearful about things. The the routine stuff of life, the the future, they had lost their joy. The children of Israel had lost out with the Lord. This was a tragic situation. Spiritually, the people were in dire straits. Imagine professing his name. Claiming to be his, carrying on an empty, cold, loveless religious activity. Going through all the motions of worship. Yet they no longer loved him as they ought to. With all their heart and soul and mind and strength. They were no longer living for him. They were no longer loyal to him. And isn't all this so familiar? The, the recklessnessment that's established here. The backsliding of the children of Israel. The backsliding of her treacherous sister Judah. Often we, as God's professing children, we have to confess that we are prone to the same kind of backsliding. We too can lose the Lord's presence. We we too can lose the Lord's power. We, we too can lose the Lord's peace. Many illustrations could be found. Think of Peter. Wasn't there a time when he failed in the place of prayer? The Lord said to him, what, could you not watch with me one hour? He was tired, his weak, he, he, he was overcome with sleep. Wasn't there a time whenever he followed afar off? Wasn't there a time when he failed to witness, when he denied the Lord with oaths and cursings? Wasn't there a time when he went back to the fishing? See, this experience was not just new to Peter, but it's also true of us ourselves. Aren't there times when we've lost interest in our Bibles? I'd rather have the newspaper, the magazine, maybe the TV. Isn't there times when 
were beset by a, a spiritual indifference. Instead of doing his things, we do our own things. There's a living for self. Aren't there times when we find it hard to pray? And the words just won't come and the heavens are like brass. And we, we don't seem to have the burden and the desire and the passion that we ought to have. Aren't there times when we've lost our joy? The joy of delightful service and the spirituality that we profess is just a mere duty, a, 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 a drudgery. We, 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 we go through the motions. Aren't there times when we don't show our love as we ought to to the Lord? Aren't there times when we don't show our love to the Lord's people as we ought? The Bible tells us, by this shall all men know you're my disciples, if you have loved one for another. The Bible tells us, let brotherly love continue. But, but so often we don't. And we treat people harshly. And we say and do things against them. And at times deliberately to hurt and to harm them. And you know what? It's a reflection of where we're at spiritually. It's a reflection of our own heart that we're not really in a right standing or a right relationship with the Lord. Now, now when the Bible uses the word backsliding, this is at least part of the meaning. And, and, and it's a big question of where we're at in a spiritual sense. And God saw this backsliding not only of the children of Israel, but of treacherous Judah, her sister. The recklessness that's established. Do you know anything of it? Are you aware of it? Do you feel it? Do you face it? Is it detectable in, in our lives? Notice, secondly, here in the text, not only the recklessness that's established, but the relationship that's established. He says here in the text, if you look at it very carefully, Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. Underline the word children and underline the words, for I am married unto you. And of course, here's a relationship that's undeniable. There, there are a variety of wonderful pictures that help establish the concept of relationship between ourselves and the Lord in the Bible. Think of Peter. Uh, Peter uses the analogy of a building uh, of a, a foundation that's laid and lively stones built on top of it, one stone on top of the other. And the foundation is Christ and we're the living stones. Think of John 15, the vine and the branches. Speaking of a, an organic union of the vine and branches that are inseparably joined together, every branch deriving sustenance, appliance of strength from the true vine. Think of the shepherd sheep relationship, John 10, Psalm 23. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I am the good shepherd which giveth his life for the sheep. And over there in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 13, and in the uh, verse 20, the uh, apostle Paul, he, he mentions this shepherd sheep relationship for he says, now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. But in Jeremiah 3, the relationship is not that of a building with a foundation and stones built. It's not of a vine and branches. It's not of the shepherd and sheep relationship. But if you look very carefully, 
The relationship is depicted under the concept of the marriage bond. It's a symbol of the marriage bond. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord. Why? For or because I am married unto you. Here's the relationship that is established. See, marriage is much more than a legal arrangement. Between two people. It's much more than having a social conscience about two people, male and female, living together. Marriage is in reality a a binding covenant between two people. And of course, way back in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 2 and in the verse 24, we read, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. You see, there's a creation principle involved in marriage, but there's also a covenant principle. And when a man and woman come together, a new relationship is formed, a new family is formed, a new unit is formed. The man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife. And the word married here in Jeremiah 3, 13, 14, emphasizes the nature of that very special relationship. This is not a loose attachment. This is not a social arrangement, not an informal um, friendship. It's much more. It's a covenant relationship. And the living and true God has entered into a covenant relationship with his people. He is married to them for life. He is married to them like a husband and wife are married. We're here tonight and if I ask the question, do you love him? You would answer yes. Why do you love him? Here's the answer. 1 John 4 and 19. We love him because he first loved us. His love is sovereign. His love is special tonight. His love is sacrificial. His love is single-minded. Do you know that when he thinks of you and me, he has eyes for no one else. He thinks of no one else. He's with no one else. We love him tonight not because we love him, Not because we were longing for him or looking for him or loyal to him. We love him because he first loved us. His love that's eternal. His love that's free. His love that's sacrificial, that's personal. His love that's perennial. See, he chose to love us in Christ. He called us to himself in Christ in the fullness of time. He he cleansed us in Christ. He comforts us in Christ. He he cares for us in Christ. You see, this relationship, this covenant relationship, is all because of Christ. And even when we were without him, even when we sinned against him, the Bible tells us there in the book of Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people for you were the fewest of all people but because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the house of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You see, 
There was no reason for the Lord to love us. There was no grounds for the Lord to love us. And that, that reveals to us something of this amazing, wonderful love of God. Doesn't the Bible tell us there in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 5, but God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Could, could you see that Christ left heaven? Christ assumed a, a perfect human body. That, that Christ lived a perfect sinless life. That, that Christ laid down his life for us and shed his blood. And established a, a covenant of blood. That, that Christ arose again from the dead for us. That, that Christ himself enriches us. You know the Bible talks about being rich toward God. And in Christ you're rich toward God. In Christ you're, you're an heir of God. In Christ you're a joint heir with him. Remember whenever Ruth returned to Bethlehem, Judah, she came as a stranger. She came as a widow. Then whenever she went into work in the field of Boaz, Boaz set his love upon her. Boaz was a mighty man of wealth. And Boaz then provided Ruth with his wealth, or at least a portion of it. You think tonight of the riches of regeneration. The riches of redemption, the riches of justification, the riches of sanctification and holiness, the richness of adoption, the, the, the rich of glorification and the pledge to, to bring us home to glory. You see, this is not a casual, light-hearted, haphazard relationship. This is an undeniable relationship. It's a covenant relationship. Friend, married unto you. Could I tell you something else? It's an unbreakable relationship. Can you say tonight, I'm in an unbreakable relationship with Jesus Christ? And yet this very people that he was speaking to here, they had drifted from him. They had forgotten him. They had forsaken him. They had failed him. They had failed to ponder all his provision to them. They had failed to think about his love. They had failed to take cognizance of his goodness to go after empty things, to go after vain things. They were life like a wife that was committing adultery against her husband. Think of a wife that does that. Abandons her husband, leaves her husband, and the husband's heartbroken and devastated. And despite his love and all his provision, she has been unfaithful to him. And doesn't it happen today? And what happens in such a case? Well, it ends up in divorce. And divorce is always, a bill of divorcement is always because of the hardness of one's heart. But if you look at this text very carefully, that was not the Lord's approach to treacherous Judah. It wasn't even the Lord's approach to the children of Israel. Look at verse 7. And I said after she had done all these things, that was her idolatry and spiritual adultery, turn thou unto me. But notice verse 7. But she returned not. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. You see, they were sinning against love. And yet the Lord's approach was still not to cast them off. 
The Lord's approach was not to fully and finally put them away. The Lord's approach was not to break off this relationship, to denounce them, to to damn them and destroy them. Notice this was an unfathomable relationship. Go back to our text. Notice the word turn. It was turn, oh backsliding children. It wasn't burn, but turn. You see, God is calling them back to himself. This is a true call. This is a tender call. This was a call to repentance. It wasn't his will to stand aloof, to remain cold and careless. It was not his will to forsake them or forget about them. He he calls to them tenderly out of his marvelous, eternal, unchangeable love toward them. Even though they've rebelled and sinned against them. Yet he calls them back. His heart hasn't turned away from them. He remains faithful. Even though they haven't been faithful to him, he didn't change his love. His love is unconditional. It's a perfect, tender, faithful love. And tonight the Lord Jesus hasn't been unfaithful to us, his covenant people. Just like he wasn't unfaithful to Judah or the children of Israel. What did he give them? He gave them prophets. That's why Jeremiah was raised up. He gave them prophecies. Thus and thus saith the Lord. In those prophecies, they got the Lord's plan for their lives. They got the Lord's precept. They're reminded about holiness of life. They got the Lord's promises. If you turn to me with all your heart, I'll turn to you. You see, his heart is for them. It wasn't turned against them. And this word turn speaks of graciousness. He's calling them in grace. This word turn reminds me of gentleness. He was treating them gently, full of mercy. Now remember, this is the holy God of heaven. I believe the word turn also speaks of a genuineness. This is unfathomable. The way God is treating them. In light of the way they're treating him. His little chorus says there's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. At Calvary's cross is where you begin. There's a door that is opened that all may go in. When you come as a sinner to Jesus. Let me just illustrate that. Think of Hosea. Remember, he was to marry a woman called Gomer. Gomer, sadly, fulfilled the lifestyle of a harlot. She did it not only once nor twice, but three times. And what was God say to Hosea? Go and take her back. And that was an illustration of what the Lord does And how the Lord treats his people. You see in this text there's the mention of backsliding. There's a recklessness that's established. But there's also a relationship that is established. Because God says turn O backsliding children saith the Lord for I am married unto you. Can you see that relationship? Surely it's undeniable. 
It's unbreakable. It's unfathomable. Notice also, there's a requirement that is expected. There's a call here, as I've said. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. And I will take you, one of a city, and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and with understanding. If you turn, I'll take you. And I'll teach you. Here's what I'll do for you. Here's what I'll do with you. Here's what I'll do upon you. Turn to me. Your whole heart. Take take with your words. And I'll take you back. I'll teach you again. I'll give you pastors. I'll feed you with knowledge and with understanding. I wonder tonight, as we draw up the threads of this text of Scripture, is there one here that's backslidden in heart? It's cold in relation to their own walk with the Lord. They don't love the Lord as they ought. And that's seen in their attitude to the house of God, the word of God. That's seen in their prayer life. That's seen in their witness. That's seen in their very lifestyle. Do you realize tonight you're in a relationship with the Lord? That the Lord's married to you? It's undeniable. It's also unbreakable. It's also unfathomable. And the Lord has a requirement for you tonight. And with that call, there also comes a comfort. Because the Lord says, turn. And that's a command. And if you turn, then this is what I'll do for you tonight. I I will take you. One of a city. If one turns of a city, I'll take you. If, if, If there's two in a family, I'll take you as well. And, and I'll bring you to Zion. Now that's a picture, of course, of Jerusalem. The place where God has put his name. The place where God has manifest his glory. Are you here tonight and you don't love the Lord as you ought? You're not walking as you ought? You, ha- you haven't prayed maybe for a long, long time? You're, you're not reading your Bible? You don't witness or talk about the Lord? You never mention his name? The Lord knows all about your sin. The Lord knows about your backsliding. The Lord can come and put his finger on it. That's what he was doing, you see, with Judah. That's what he was doing with the children of Israel. And he wants you to turn tonight. Remember what we read in the book of Hosea as we come to a close over there in Hosea. In Hosea chapter 14, and we've preached in this uh, passage of Scripture before, and in the book of Hosea, Hosea chapter 14, the prophet there was led of the Lord to say this. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou was fallen by thine iniquity. Take with your words and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves off our lips. 
He says here in the verse 4, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. You see, it's all connected. But you've got to turn. You've got to take with your words. You've got to come to the Lord and make an honest confession. And remember the scripture says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Think of that word backsliding. And ask yourself as I have asked myself, Lord, am I guilty? Take that word married and realize that you're in a relationship, a covenant relationship with the Lord. And let that humble your heart. Realize how much God loves you with a perfect, tender, faithful love who hasn't done anything wrong to you. He's only sought to be gracious and gentle and genuine towards you. And yet look how you treat him. And yet he still comes. And he says turn. And if you turn I'll take you. This is what I'll do for you. Haven't we a wonderful God tonight? Isn't he amazing? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost but now I'm found. Was blind but now. It's all tied in. To God's dealings with us. May the Lord take these few words and bless them to us and give us grace and understanding in the things of God tonight.